the Business Buzz Podcast. The Business Buzz with Mutiwa Mokshastas Gabaza. Good day and welcome to the Business Buzz for your weekly dose of business, finance and economics news right here on Voice of Vits. Uh, that's about FM 88.1, broadcasting live from our studios in Brownfontein, Johannesburg. My name is your mob, Justice Kawaz, and I'll be your host for today. Now, who's to say that the world of uh, business can't be entertaining? Uh, definitely make sure you hold on to your seats as we seek to keep you entertained, educated and intrigued about the world of business. Now, there have been a couple of things uh, going on this week. Uh, for example, the Val Dam uh, actually saw the Department of Water and Sanitation opening three um, of its gates to release water because um, it's actually reached 106% capacity. Uh, this was on Thursday. Uh, the Val Dam, you know, one of the you know big dams in the area. On the other side of the, that not so bright uh, part of life is the fact that um, load shedding has continued. It's been flooded and uh, my advice for people out there is that just check, you know, there are a couple of apps. Um, I think the app that I use personally is Escomse Push and uh, it lets you know when it's going to happen. It gives you alerts, um, things like that. Um, if not for that, just uh, check out the news um, or also if you go on social media, um, Escom usually puts out tweets um, just to show whenever they're having load shedding. Just keep yourself in the know. Uh, because a lot of us are working from home, a lot of us are at home, and if you can just regulate, um, I usually switch off appliances, etc., because you also don't want your stuff to burn or to short circuit after a surge um, with electricity coming on and off. Um, in some cases, you might have two bouts of. Uh, load shedding during the day so these are all the different considerations i guess on the brighter side they did lower how long um the 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 load shedding actually lasts for per session uh because a lot of people had become used to four hours at a time uh, but right now they're doing them in two and a half hour uh, blocks uh, which i guess it's a bit better but at the end of the day uh, no one wants load shedding and then finally um is just the fact that uh, yesterday uh, last night in fact uh, we had the state of the nation address uh, that came through from president sir ramaphosa and uh, it was a interesting speech a tough balancing act that he had to make uh, a lot of the stuff we've heard before and, uh, you know, hopefully uh, we'll get into a little bit of that uh, when we talk to uh, Zanele later on in the show in our business wrap. Otherwise, for today, we are looking at insurance, um, specifically insurance premiums. Is insurance worth getting? And secondly, what happens if you don't pay your insurance premiums? These are some of the things that we're going to be talking about. According to a study from McKinsey, uh, South Africa, the insurance industry uh, locally has been uh, hard hit due to the economic crisis and uh, COVID-19. Economists actually suggest that uh, when consumers are cash-strapped and uh, face immense financial pressure, they either skip uh, the insurance pay, uh, premiums and payments for certain months or in the worst case, end up cancelling their insurance altogether. Um, is this the best way to go about it and what are the implications of skipping these premiums? This is what we're going to be talking about. 
about and to help us to navigate we're going to be um, chatting to the founder of stealthy wealth about the importance of having an insurance policy and if uh, you know having multiple ones is necessary or if having insurance as a whole is something that people should have and then after that we'll then talk to wendy nola who is a consumer journalist about the implications of actually skipping the premiums and what uh, the laws actually say and if there are any consumer protections that are available otherwise we're also going to be getting into the business wrap with zanile kunene uh, talking about the week's top trending business and economics news before we talk uh, about uh, the state of your 100 rand in our buffalo index remember that you can find us online that's uh, vow fm or voice of vits on facebook our other page is vits radio academy and then on twitter we are hashtag business buzz and then our handle is at vow fm you can also find us on uh, vowfm.co.za if you aren't able to tune in the normal way you can stream us live otherwise podcasts of the business bus show are available on all the major platforms uh, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, but our main hub is on iono.fm so that's how the show is looking like definitely make sure you don't turn that down we are here this is 88.1 business rap with sanele kunene we head into uh, the top trending business and economics news of the week uh, with our financial expert, Vatsanele Kunene, who is a financial advisor with BDO Wealth Advisors South Africa. For the first time in uh, 2021, Zanele, greetings to you, uh, you know, for the first time. Hope you've been well. Oh, my word, Mudiwa, I've been doing well, and I'm so excited to be back on the air with you. It's going to be an amazing year. I know the content is going to be quite interesting. Interesting. So, yeah, I'm I'm super excited about this year. Um, Tonight, I wanted to focus on the SONA, our our family meeting that we had last night, and just to narrow down on just about two of the points that were shared. Um, But just to start us off, personally, I don't know about you, Mudiwa, but I, I actually felt like I would have appreciated if the tone was exactly the same as the October midterm budget speech tone. You know, that assertiveness, that uh, this is what we are doing, this is what's happening. You know, just uh, this is the truth. This is what this is what's up. I would have really had appreciated that. Um, but I'm quite hopeful that uh, in the next two weeks at the budget speech, we'll get that, we'll, we'll get that type of tone, we'll get the details, you know, we're not gonna be hearing about what has already happened and blah, blah, but we're gonna hear the actual structure, the actual, this is what we are doing. So that's gonna be exciting. Hopefully that, that's what's going to be happening. Um, but the two points I wanna narrow down on today is the load shedding as well as the extension of the grant. And the reason for this is because I feel like it falters down to the households, okay? You know, it falters down to you and me. These are things that are within, you know, it falters down into our planning, into our own financial planning. Um, Because when you think about it, although load shed, although load shedding might not be within our control, we need to focus on the things that are within our control. 
and just to bring that focus back to personal finances and especially for business owners and for entrepreneurs you know they they cut this they tend to be this um behavior whereby business owners and entrepreneurs don't look at their personal finances you know it's it, they, they they live on this hope that the business will be able to be the retirement plan and you know that's sometimes that doesn't happen in reality and we need to you know make peace with that so we need to make sure that our personal financial financial planning is on point you know it's not like i'm saying ignore your business i'm saying make sure that you are taking care of your family make sure you have your retirement plan in place make sure that you have sufficient risk cover you know make sure that you 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 take care or you managing your debt levels don't just you know be like the business the business with the business look as well inwardly um in terms of your personal finances i wanted also to touch on the extension of the grant um in terms of the fact that you know for the next 3 months um these the recipients of this grant are going to be receiving it but then my thing is just to bring this perspective in which is what options are available to you there after the 3 months when you are no longer receiving this grant and who do you need to be in contact with and what is the plan that you're putting into place because that is within your control um everything else might not be but that is and once you start that planning now what um when the grant does stop you're not going to be caught off guard you're not going to be like oh what am i going to do where do i start because you would have been have you would have thought about it now and i've put that uh that plan into place already so that those are the two points i wanted to zero in on it's just to highlight how important personal finance personal your how, how managing your personal finances is so much more important now budgeting is so much more important now and managing your money is so much more important um and looking at what's within your control and not what what, what and not um spending your time on what is not Okay cool. Uh you know thank you so much for that. I think just um a, a quick follow up will be um given everything that you've just said um in terms of the tone that you are looking for uh or some clarity uh, when that midterm budget speech does come. Um do you think he's going to maybe tell us how exactly specifically on the grants because um I think people weren't expecting that it was going to be extended no one thought that in february 2021 would still be in the situation so do you expect um that we have uh, finance minister talking about re appropriating funds from other parts of uh, the budget or you know do you think that part, that expenditure is going to have to be uh be done from i guess international sources Um, in terms of sourcing the funds, I'm not too sure as where they might pull these funds from. So it might be as you've said in your first option of them re uh, reallocating funds that are in the budget. Um, but just in terms of them uh, extending the grant. I think that if they would have just stopped the grant I think that they would have a huge problem a huge uh, rev- uh a huge revolt because you can't just stop something out of nowhere without allowing the people who are receiving this grant to prepare for it and looking at our poverty levels within our country you know these uh, we need these funds you know so you can't be looking at you can't be having increasing poverty levels and then government then cuts the, the support that is given so the extension ha- 
has to be done and also you know how it's funded it has to it would, it would probably be a reallocation of other funds um in order to fund uh, the growing well those are my thoughts but you never know you never know what our minister is gonna say or how we, how they'll put it together that is so true and we just wait to see what that's actually going to look like in the next um coming weeks so that's been us with our financial expert Zanele Kunene who is from BDO Wealth Advisors giving us some insight uh, specifically into the state of the nation um address uh, that was done by President Soroma Posar last night um zeroing in on the issue of load shedding together with um what's going on with the grants and also also just uh, you know talking a little bit about you know what we may expect from uh, finance minister Titumbo when his upcoming budget speech on the other side of this we get into the state of your 100 rand this is the business buzz business rap with Sanele Kunene Buffalo Index on the Business Buzz. In our Buffalo Index, we look at the state of your 100 Rand. What can 100 Rand do for you in South Africa? And usually, you know, on the, the Buffalo Index, we we like looking at, you know, how many buffaloes could you get? And typically, I would have gone and found, found out um, what perhaps is the most affordable um, insurance premiums. Unfortunately, um, insurance premiums tend to depend on who you are, risk factors all of these things there are some things that are a bit more standardized but you know in a lot of cases it depends so what actually interested me you know at this time is the fact that um, there's an interesting number right that's 600 million buffaloes otherwise 60 billion dollars because uh, south africa's short-term insurance industry has actually begun paying out um some uh, some claims that were made by businesses in 2019 uh, because uh, they had been unable you know that was restaurants hotels and lodges who actually claimed for expenses and profits lost under the lockdown and um, you know to their short-term insurers and uh, unfortunately the insurers said no but when it was taken to court uh, the courts actually uh, provided some clarity and apparently a lockdown would never have occurred if it wasn't for COVID-19. Insurance had said that uh, they couldn't accept the, or give out the claims because um, you know COVID-19 it wasn't because of COVID-19 but rather the lockdown that uh, companies weren't able to trade uh, but the courts did provide that clarity and now they have to pay and it's as estimated um, because right now the total amount is unknown but it's estimated that these insurance companies that include uh, Godrisk, Harlard and Santam could pay up to uh, 60 billion. Uh, the range is 10 to 60 but um, you know chances are it's going to be quite high. It's going to be very interesting to see how that case develops and we will be keeping up um, with it going on into the future. You don't have to be a liker to like things. So like us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. And follow them in brackets, voice of this. 
Welcome back to the Business Buzz for today. Uh, we are talking about um, insurance and it's one of those things um, that a lot of people, you know, um, sign up for, a lot of people have, and we are told that um, insurance is one of those things that as a working professional adult or business person, you need to have either for your own personal goods, for your business, uh, for your car, for household goods, whatever it is. But what happens in cases where you aren't able to pay for insurance or afford it because um, the COVID-19 pandemic has done a lot um, to affect people's finances, uh, loss of income, loss of jobs. And some people might be standing there uh, with the decision of whether or not they need to even have insurance or whether they would rather use their money for other things. These are just some of the questions that we are going to be talking about. But before we get into it, remember that you can um, reach us. We offer our firm of voice of vits you can also find our other facebook page that's vits radio academy and then on twitter we are hashtag business buzz and you can you can find us at vow fm now to get into uh, the rationale behind just having um insurance in place uh, we are joined by uh, uh, someone who calls himself stealthy um he runs uh, something called stealthy wealth and uh, he is on a mission to achieve um, financial freedom by uh, 2030, um, if I am correct. So, Stealthy, greetings to you. How's it, man? How's it going? Now, doing good on this end. Uh, We're happy Stealthy is joining us uh, all the way from London. Um, I think it should be London or the UK. Uh, so, we're definitely happy to be talking to someone. Um, I think just a good place for us to start is maybe understanding because, um, you know, online people know you as Stealthy Wealth and all of this. And um, what was the rationale behind coming up, you know, with that and documenting this journey, you know, at least before we get into our discussion around insurance yeah so just uh, briefly then um uh, after my my first son was born i decided um you know to relook at my life and my goals and everything um as having kids uh, does that to you um and i decided i didn't want to go down the normal path that most people go you know working a nine to five uh, without any real plan and just hoping you kind of have enough money for retirement by the time you you're 65 so i just uh, had a, a good hard look at it did some reading and and uh, realized that it's possible to actually do a lot better and retire a lot earlier if you're willing to, um, you know, uh, prioritize it. Um, so that's when I sort of put my plan together to retire and be done with work at the age of uh, 45 so I can, you know, pursue my hobbies and interests um, in my name and the priorities as, uh, you know, as I see them instead of being constrained to a, a day job. So that's just briefly the story behind it. Um, and I thought if I'm going along this journey, I'm going to be investigating a lot of different options, uh, doing a lot of research and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I was going to do it for myself anyway. So why not share that with, uh, um, others and if they can benefit from it, then that'll just be great. So, um, that's where the, the blog was born. Okay, cool. And how long has the journey been on so far? I think, uh, we all get a sense of what the end date has been, but, uh, for those who might not know how long has the journey been, um, on the road for? Yeah, so I started with this plan in 2016, so it's heading on to about five years now, um, so more or less uh, a third of the way there. That's actually quite incredible. And would you consider yourself, you know, a financial expert by now, you know, just given the goal that you set for yourself, and I'm sure the amount of reading and material and all of that that you have to, um, you know, take on for yourself? 
Yeah, well, I'm, I'm by no means an expert, but I, I you know, I have uh, been around uh, personal finance uh, articles and done a lot of reading um, over the years. I don't have any financial qualification or anything like that, so it's all self-taught. Um, but I guess that also goes to show that if you're willing to put in a little bit of time and effort, you can um, also get your finances in order and put it together a decent plan. Um, and it's not as daunting as what many people might think it is. I guess against that backdrop, having read so much and also just ha- being on this uh, on this journey, uh, because I think a lot of uh, young people are thinking about some of these things. Um, at what age do you retire? We are, we are now um, thinking about all of those notions, especially during such difficult times. And along that journey, people are now thinking to themselves ways to either cut back or, you know, thinking about the expenditure. And um, insurance is one of those things that people are not thinking about to say is it really necessary for me to have this thing in place uh for whatever its intended purpose is um your thoughts on that yeah so my view on insurance look insurance is is good money for the insurers um you know they, they're pooling everyone's premiums together and then they're paying out a certain amount of claims every month and of course they've built in a nice margin for themselves in all of that so so make no mistake the insurers make good money but the problem is that a lot of the events that you insured for are the type of events that if you don't have insurance, you could ruin yourself financially for the rest of your life that you'll never, ever be able to recover. Uh, I mean, think about it. If you don't have car insurance and you go uh, plow into the back of someone's Ferrari, um, you're going to be, you know, um, liable for millions. And, um, you know, most working people are never going to be able to recover from, from an event like that. So the first thing I would say about insurance is um, make sure that you're insuring for events that you won't be able to recover from on your own. Um, and the one I like to pick on is cell phone insurance. You know, a lot of people get talked into taking cell phone insurance. And if you think about it, yes, you know, your phone was expensive. Um, you know, you, 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 most people are attached to their phones, but would you really be that stunk if you, if you lose your phone? A lot of people have a spare phone lying around, you know, they could lend one from a friend um, until, you know, they're in a position to get another phone. Um, obviously if you're using your phone for like a business purposes and you need all the bells and whistles, then, sh- then, you know, like a 20,000 rand phone, then maybe you do need phone insurance. But if you just got sort of like a entry level Android, uh, you know, that's uh, your, your previous version would do a similar job. Then, you know, you can start questioning, do you really need that cell phone insurance? Um, and then I contrast that with something like, you know, if you have a family um, and kids and you, the, the breadwinner of the household, um, I think you, do, you absolutely should have life insurance because if you pass away for whatever reason, your family is going to be sunk without, you know, without that income. Um, so if you're skimping on life insurance and the event you are insuring for, which is your death, um, actually materializes, um, you know, you, you need, you want to leave your dependents in a position that they won't be, you know, um, ruined for the rest of their life. So you've got to think about, you know, what's, what's the sort of insurances you, you, you should have. And what are the ones that's like sort of fluff on the sides that really is to, to put it bluntly, more of like a money-making scheme just for the companies that's issuing it. You know, I like the way that you, you describe that because I myself have always thought that self-insurance insurance is just not one of those necessary, uh, uh, I don't know, expenditure items, but you know, that's just me. Um, but on the whole, when we talk about insurance, because there are all these uh, monthly uh, amounts that are being deducted uh, for a lot of people, it's a debit order. And in some cases, some people may never have 
experienced an emergency and they think to themselves, is this just money going down the drain? And they think to themselves, okay, should I perhaps take the monthly premiums that I have and invest those in high growth assets and perhaps use the gains from those assets to fund or finance any emergencies that may arise? Yeah, I've seen I've seen that question and uh, thinking before, and, and it does make sense. On you know, if you look at it from the surface, because you know, you're investing your money instead of just paying it away to someone else. And if the event never happens, then you, you suddenly sit with a nice lump sum of money that that you know you can do with what you want. But on the other hand, you must always remember Murphy is watching. So you know, if if you decide okay, I'm going to try um you know self insure uh, for my car, I'm going to save up to let's say it's worth hundred fifty thousand. I'm going to invest that for one thousand rand premium or whatever it is a month until I get there. You know, Murphy's watching and three months down the line when you start doing that, you, you, you're you going to be in an accident and your car's going to be written off. And now you've only invested 3,000 Rand, but you've got 150,000 Rand vehicle to replace. Um, so, you know, it's it's it can work out in the long run, but you're basically gambling, you know, you're playing the odds that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hopefully not going to happen to you. But it's always just that, that situation where it does happen where you're going to say could have, would have, should have, and, uh, you know, then it's going to be too late. Um so, yeah, it, I've seen people wanting to take that approach. Um, what you can do, which is sort of a, a middle ground, is um, especially on something like uh, um, insurance, if you've got a decent emergency fund or some money uh, put away, uh, what you can do is increase your excess. Um, so if your car is insured for 150000 and your excess is 3000 you can say, no, I'd rather want a, a six or 7000 rand excess, and you'll see your premium will come down, and then you can use that difference uh, you you know, that you're saving on the premium to start investing or, or put away. Um, but uh, with the caveat that, you know, you need to be able to cover that 7,000 rand excess should something happen. Um, so that is one one way to do it. Um, and then as you build up savings, you can increase that excess further to, to say, 10,000 um, or whatever the case is. Because by the, the way the insurance companies um, view it is if you increase your excess, it's you inheriting some of the risk and they have less risk on their books. So they're willing to give you a lower premium uh, for doing that. So that is something that, that you can also look at. For someone who's listening and is like, okay, cool, I hear what Stouty is saying, um, you know, in certain emergencies, I do need to have some insurance. And I think you had started alluding to this earlier on, but, you know, someone is standing with maybe five different types of insurance, uh, life insurance, um, vehicle insurance, they've got uh, uh, cell phone insurance, insurance on their household items, etc. And uh, they would then come and say, but Stouty, if I had to just keep one of these things, or which one should they keep? <laughs> That's a nice way to really put me on the spot. So, um, yeah, look, unfortunately, I'd love to give a straight answer, but I can't because it really depends. You know, if you've got a family, you might view life insurance as the most important because you don't want to leave them high and dry should something happen to you. But if you like a single person with, you know, like values there, um, electronics and their furniture and that, then you might say, okay, but my household contents insurance is probably the most important. Um, if you're a homeowner, you might view your house insurance as the most important. So, um, you know, it really varies from person to person and it depends on their, you know, their situation and what risks they're willing to take and, uh, yeah, and what their priorities are. And because you're someone who's been um, on the journey that you are on, um, any tips on how people can perhaps go about um, choosing a decent insurance provider or someone that is not always just going to be in, trying to be in their pocket? Yeah, so that's uh, also an interesting question. Um, what I do find is that, um, you know, it's, it costs an insurer money to, 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 to onboard a client. So once they have you, they, 
they're reluctant to, to, to lose you. And I've seen it when I've moved car insurance, they, they even have whole uh, retention departments, where, as they call them, and they, their job is to try to keep clients from, from moving. So you can use this to your advantage if you're willing to put in a little bit of effort uh, once a year and just call up your insurances and say, is this still the, the, the best premium you can give me? Um, and a lot of the times they'll say they'll, they'll be happy to lower your premium a little bit and you end up you know, paying less than the previous year or at least the same or avoiding an increase. Um, and if they're not willing to do that, then you know, spend a little bit of time, shop around. Uh, there's there's um, a few insurers now where you can even get an online quote within you know, a minute or two. And if you see that that quote's lower, go back to your insurer with that quote and say, look, you know, I am willing to move if you can't match or beat this price. And a lot of the time you'll find that the insurers will be uh, willing to, um, to match it at least. Um, so yeah, the insurers rely a little bit on, on human laziness. I mean, we don't want to go to the admin of answering all those questions when you get an insurance quote and having them follow up and call you back. And you know, it, it, it is a bit of a pain, but you know, if you are willing to, to do that, you can, you know, you'll find your insurance bill comes down, uh, you know, will be a lot less than, than what it would have been if you didn't put in that effort. So that, that to me is uh, one thing that someone should do every year is reassess the insurance policies and just check that they're still getting uh, good value for money. Um, the other thing I would say is uh, I find a lot of people, um, if you're lucky enough to be employed firstly in South Africa with our unemployment numbers, so if, if you have a job and if it's with one of the bigger corporates, what you'll find is often there's life insurance built into um, the, um, the the pension and, and providence schemes of the companies. So a lot of people don't even realize they already have life insurance through their um, employer. Now, the, it's worth finding out what that value is. It's normally like a multiple of your annual salary. And then it's just worth checking, is that enough life insurance? And if it is, then, then you sort it. You don't have to go out and get uh, additional life insurance. And some people um, have additional life insurance. They don't even realize they're basically paying, you know, more than what they should be. Um, and in some situations, the cover from your employer might not be enough. And then you can go and get like a top up at, a, at, another, at another company. But it won't have to be for the full sum that, that you'd think you'd need because your employer is uh, covering some of, some of that uh, life insurance. Um, and then the other one that I find uh, a lot of people have is, is funeral insurance. And um, I agree that that's useful, you know, to have. But, um, and the reason people have it is because of the instant payout. Um, you know, because if, if someone passes away, they, they need money to set up the funeral and all of that. But you'll find a lot of the um, life insurers also have uh, um, policies where they'll pay out a portion of the, 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 um, the insurance sum immediately so that you can use that for the funeral if you need to. And what you'll also find is um, life insurance is generally a lot cheaper than, than funeral insurance. Um, and then also what, what ends up happening is people sometimes have three, four, five, six different funeral uh, insurance policies and, you know, it ends up costing them a packet. Um, when a lot of the time they could maybe just use some of that money and top up the life insurance a little bit and make sure it has a, a instant payout portion uh, to cover the funeral, um, you know, if they, if they do need that money. So that's been us uh, with uh, Stouty Wealth uh, getting some insight into, you know, the personal finance implications of uh, having or not having insurance. And uh, he's saying there is no uh, universal answer about whether or not, um, you know, to have insurance. But the way you should think about it is, can you cover uh, certain emergencies if they are to arise? At the same time, if you are left with the decision where you have to keep um, one set of insurance 
depends on at what stage you are in your life. You might have a family and think of life insurance as being uh, the most prudent thing for yourself. But if you're single and a business owner, then insurance for the business might be your priority. Just ending off uh, giving us giving us some tips just around um, how you can look at spending on insurance and talking about funeral insurance versus life insurance and you know the other types of insurance and just looking at um, ways that you can reduce on your spending if you're working for an employer for example um, that has um, that as uh, part of the benefits and uh, you know just making sure you don't end up paying any extra thank you so much stealthy no thanks for having me man Okay, cool. On the other side of this, we continue with our conversation um, around insurance. Keep it locked. This is the Business Buzz. Forget what the little buddy told you. Follow us, follow us, follow us at BoFM and join the conversation. You're tuned in to the Business Buzz. Welcome back to the Business Buzz. For today, we are talking about uh, insurance, you know, what actually happens because, um, you know, from a consumer point of view, the last year has been so difficult um, in terms of uh, paying up some of those premiums, job losses, loss of income, all of these things. And if you're a person who's been paying for years and years, what actually happens to all that stuff, all that money that you'd have paid over? These are some of the questions that we're hoping um, that we can answer for today. And uh, in this part, to help us to answer some of the questions, we are joined by a consumer journalist with the Sunday Times Group and Talk 702. Uh, that is Wendy Nola. Wendy, uh, good afternoon to you. Hello, good to be with you. Um, I think, you know, just coming off of uh, where we've just, uh, what we've just said, um, what actually happens when an individual skips an insurance premium with no payment arrangement and, you know, gets involved with an accident, all of those things, like what actually happens? Okay, and that's more common than you'd think, actually. Um, I had a horrible case of a woman who uh, led to a policy lapse and the very next month she was involved in a terrible uh, car accident, so she, the situation went from bad to a lot worse. So this is governed by the policyholder protection rules, um, came into effect in January 2019, and that says that insurers must give policyholders written notice that they haven't received the premium within 15 days of them becoming aware of it. So they can't just quietly, you know, um, cancel your policy and not let you know or not give you an opportunity uh, to make that payment. So um, the Ombudsman for Short-Term Insurance, which is the, um, it's a sort of a mediation service, for want of a better word, um, that's free to consumers, and there are a bunch of lawyers, essentially, who um, are impartial, and they sit and um, contemplate um, a consumer's complaints. They get statements from both parties and then come uh, up with a, with a finding that um, the insurers... Most cases, most times, um, will adhere to. So anyway, they've been issuing quite a few warnings since hard lockdown, um, and the most recent one was that um, you must check your policy document. Most people hate doing this because it takes time and it's boring, but really do check your policy document um, and look for the grace period. So. Some will say that there's a 15-day grace period, but they don't say, this is what Ofti, the Ombudsman has been warning, they don't say 
how that premium should be paid um, during that grace period of 15 days. So you don't want to make the payment in a way that's not acceptable to them and then um, they say sorry for you, uh, look at your terms and conditions, your your policy has lapsed. So some some policy gives, policies give uh, you up to 30 days grace period to make that payment, but legally they have to give you at least 15. So that's something you really need to be on top of. If you can't pay your premium, um, you know, know that um, how much time you've got to pay it, and then after that you're on your own if you have an accident, unfortunately. So at least 15 days. Uh, you said at least they need to give you at least 15 days, but the, but a lot of people then give 30 yeah, some some um, policies will give up to 30, but there has to be at least that two weeks and one day grace for you to, to um, make the payment and keep the policy going. So if you have a claim within those 15 days, within that grace period, then you should be covered. Okay. Now, something that uh, is tied to um, these things of uh, insurance payments, because a lot of people pay the insurance via debit order and things like that. Some people then wonder if they miss um, those premiums, does it affect their credit score in any way or is that completely separate? No, it will affect, it, it, it most definitely could affect your credit score in terms of, it's the same as with any late payment. Um, it's all recorded there because that's the way that other credit providers, that's the reference that they have to see, you know, if you apply for credit, they want to see um, whether you meet your commitments on time. Um, your, a, a bad credit record can affect you in all sorts of horrible ways. Now, in addition to uh, the grace period that you uh, quite explained quite extensively earlier on, are there any protections that consumers might have um, legislatively under the Consumer Protection Act, perhaps, or is that grace period as far as things go um, in a situation where a person is not able to uh, pay an insurance premium? Yeah, the, the Consumer Protection Act doesn't regulate insurance payments at all. So it would be the policyholder protection rules. And yes, you're right, that is the extent of, of the protection. Um, and the industry would argue rightly so because your premium buys you cover for that particular month um, and the next month's premium for that month. So you only have cover as long as your premiums are up to date. And the same goes for everybody else. So if other people, um, other policyholders with the same company were allowed to just have the cover in place whether they paid or not, um, the company wouldn't stay in business for very long. So it's for the protection of everybody. And, and I know that sounds horribly callous. At this time when, you know, it's been such a savage year financially and emotionally and all the rest, um, that some people whose incomes have been destroyed um, through no fault of their own, um, you know, how do you keep up with these things? And I, I wish I had a sort of magic wand answer to that, um, but I don't. The only thing I can say is, you know, if you aren't able to meet your, um, pay your insurance premium, you could downgrade from comprehensive um, insurance to third party. So at least if you damage somebody else's car, you wouldn't have to be liable for your own damage and theirs. And if it was an expensive car, that could ruin you financially for the rest of your life. So um, you could do that. 
But my best advice would be to shop around for the best premium you can possibly get at this time. And um, the pay-as-you-go, pay-as-you-drive, rather, a model was one that really came into its own during COVID. Um, It was started by Naked Insurance. It was in place before COVID, but suddenly those people who who had cover with uh, car cover with naked and were saving like up to 80% of their premium because they were doing such virtually no mileage. So it was that model you can actually, um, with an app, turn on your cover, literally activate your cover when you go out to go out for the once weekly grocery shop as people were doing, you know, in hard lockdown and then switch it off again. So it was still cover for theft and maybe hail if you didn't have a garage, but, um, most of the risk and most of the claims are around accidents. So the premium just plummeted. And you'll have seen in the market, all even the big guys who were very reticent in the beginning have now all come up with sort of uh, products for people who work from home who aren't doing the long commutes. We're not traveling after 11 o'clock or we can't legally at the moment anyway because of curfew. Um, so they are much... Um, there's much cheaper insurance to have, especially if you're not driving your car as much as you used to. And if you are paying the premium that you were paying, if you are now paying the same premium or even more, even forbid, than you were this time last year, just before lockdown, then you are get, then you are overpaying, and you need to um, shop around, negotiate with your own insurer that you currently have, or or um, if they don't budge, um, shop around for other insurance because there's no way you should be sitting with the same premium um, now if your driving habits um, have completely changed if you're if you're working from home for example alluding to some of the earlier you know um, examples that you gave to us about uh, uh, repudiations in terms of claims um, what are some of the common mistakes uh, or oversights that you've seen uh, consumers either engaging in or, you know, overlooking when it comes to doing things um, that, uh, you know, make it possible for an insurance company to not honor a claim whenever it does come time to claim? Okay. So I'm going to stick mainly with, uh, this is this is like a half an hour discussion on its own, and they, they would be summarizing. Um because this is where I get the emails. People, you know, feel that their claims were unfairly uh, rejected. Um, they've been paying all along. They thought they'd cover and then went just when they need it, you know, they, it gets repudiated. So I'll, I'll use some car and a few home, um, household contents type um, examples. A very big one with cars would be um, parents who are paying a moderate amount for their own insurance or their own car, apply for their young son or daughter and get sort of three times the amount because, of course, it's all linked to risk, right? And they think, oh, goodness, I can't afford 1,200 rand a month for young son's um, car insurance, so I'll just put it on mine. And then they list themselves as a regular driver. And insurance companies are incredibly wise to this. So when the claim comes, if there is a crash, um they start go into interrogation mode, they speak to neighbours, they speak to security guards at gyms and workplaces, etc. And they very quickly establish that actually the son or the daughter, the 21-year-old, say, uh, was a regular driver. And that's it, boy. Claim repudiated. We did not insure for that risk. End of. And so that's, I get a lot of that. 
And then another very common one is um, many insurers, car insurers, want uh, stipulate in their terms and conditions that you must have a tracking device fitted in order for the policy to be in place, the cover to be in place. And they told us in phone recordings and in, in uh, recorded phone calls, rather, and it's in the policy documents that they are then sent. And whatever re- reason, the person got busy, forgot, just slipped their mind, and then the car is stolen or in an accident. And um, it doesn't even have to be related to theft or hijacking because the argument is that the policy wasn't in place. Um because you didn't have the device fitted and repudiation I get a lot of that and then it's just you know also not um, not complying with um, the terms and conditions of the policy so um, if you don't tell the whole truth if you don't say exactly how the car is kept at night if you say it's behind a locked gate and it actually is not you know, things like that. There's no point in um, not giving the absolute truth um, when you go into the policy. For example, with homes, they'll say every opening window must have a burglar guard. If you don't have that and they come and do an inspection after a break-in, same story. That kind of thing can lead to repudiations. And then simple things like not properly declaring your insurance history. So if you've had a break in in your cover, they don't you have to declare that, and if you don't, if, if you say, yes, I've had continuous insurance for three years or five years or whatever it is, and then you claim, and it's normally when you have quite a big claim, when you claim they found out that there was a break or whatever, again, um, they can repudiate the claim. So there's many, many, many ways, but the most important thing to know is to avoid that, is to make sure you're very well-versed with the every line of your um of your insurance policy, that document, the exclusions, the everything, and also to um, make sure that you give absolutely honest um, information. If you're saying something that's not true to get a lower premium, it's very false economy because what you're paying for is cover if something awful happens. And trust me, when that something awful happens, the insurer will find out that... um, you are not the regular driver and that your your son or daughter is and that you can forget any cover. And the other thing that always comes up when I talk to people in the industry about warnings is they know all about the so-called very expensive designer sunglasses that went missing when the car was stolen, okay? <laughs> they're going to want to know. They're going to want to see proof. So if you have items listed on your policy, very expensive sunglasses, um, jewelry, anything like that, take pictures of your stuff. Keep the invoices so that if you're questioned, because there is a lot of insurance fraud, unfortunately, which is why they do these investigations, um, these insurance assessors. Um, anything that's on your policy, just ask yourself, are you, would you be able to prove you owned it? Um, should should they be stolen? Should you have, even forbid, a, a home invasion or like stuff stolen out of your car? Um, make sure that you can prove that you owned whatever it is that you have covered. 
so you heard there uh, the some of the key advice coming from uh, Wendy Nola, consumer journalist with the Sunday Times Group, together with the Talk 702, giving us some insight into what happens if you um, skip insurance premiums and uh, some of uh, the remedies that are available, uh, but also uh, places where um, insurance companies are well justified not to um, honor the claims. Two of the big things that she's saying is that one, just tell the truth when it comes to the insurance companies because um, unfortunately there's a lot of fraud uh, which means that insurance companies do investigate these things very well Um, and then secondly um, always find ways of making sure uh, that you can prove that you owned something um, especially when it comes to some of the smaller um, you know luxury items that you say that you own so that's been it thank you so much to Wendy for joining us uh, for this segment on the other side of this we continue with the show keep it locked this is the business buzz you're tuned in to the business buzz we draw near to the end of uh, today's business bus show. Thank you so much to everyone who uh, was listening to the show. Thank you to our amazing guests for sharing their insights with us as always. Uh, some final thoughts just on the matter. I think the two key things is, uh, you know, familiarize yourself uh, with your policy contract. Go and just see um, what's going on uh, because there are a couple of issues that um, you know, someone like Wendy gave to us to say that you need to go and see whether your what type of grace period your insurance company will give to you and also more importantly if you're looking to claim what type of things do they look for and what type of situations would you not be able to claim in um, protect yourself just see what's going on and then just reflecting on now uh, what was uh, the conversation with um, our anonymous uh, you know stealthy wealth is just what's actually going on with insurance and deciding for yourself what type of insurance you need and whether you need it. And I think it was quite important for him to say that there is no blanket answer, but rather it depends um, on what you're doing. But some type of insurance is necessary. You know, trying to get yourself, you know, completely off insurance. Um, as he said, Murphy will be watching because you sort of, uh, the unexpected does tend to happen. Very interesting topic. And, uh, you know, one of the things uh, that would be keen to do to maybe talk to a company like Naked Insurance and hear about how they've been able uh, to disrupt the insurance industry. Uh, As you heard from Wendy, they've gained a lot of um, traction in the last year because of uh, COVID-19 insurance and um, all of those things. So we wait to see. Let us know what you think. Are you insured? What type of things are insured in? Has this conversation maybe shed some light um, for your life on, you know, what to keep uh, insured and what not to have insurance on? Let us know. Uh, we are VAWFM or Voice of Vits on Facebook. Vits Radio Academy is our other Facebook page at VAWFM on Twitter. And then our hashtag is hashtag Business Buzz. You can also stream us live. That's uh, VAWFM.co.za. And remember that podcast of our Business Buzz show are available on vids.journalism.co.za forward slash business. So with that, we've reached the end of uh, today's show. Uh, thank you so much to our 
amazing team. Our technical producer is Kutlano Serame, together with our executive producer, Glory Mabuza, together with Slim Lim Sivi and Tadon Klimba, and together with Simbarashe Honde. Don't miss the business by same time, same place next week for more insight into the world of business. Don't turn that down. There's more great content coming up on the VAL FM lineup. So, for myself, Mudio Mob Justice Kavaza, and the rest of the team, it is take care. The Business Business with Mudiwa Mob Justice Gabaza. The Business Buzz Podcast.